Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hello and welcome inside Hour 2 of the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and my best friend Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today. They are on their way to Chicago to broadcast the Knicks-Bulls Eastern Conference preview final tonight. All right, they're not going to do that. They're there for the – they're going to the radio home. Well, I don't know. They can but, split time, can't they? Can't uh, you zoom probably. in? Wait, didn't you guys travel to Chicago? Well, we multitasked. <laughs> Listen, you don't need me at that ceremony, right? Because I really, I got courtside for Knicks Bulls, and like this is a really big game, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go there instead if that works. Is out this big guys. enough for uh, Spike Lee to uh, show up for? Well, it's Joe Kim Noah night, right? I mean, so I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a big enough night because you're talking about a night about heart and a night about trying hard because you know Joe Kim Noah tried harder than any player who ever played in NBA before in history, especially when he got all that money from the Knicks and did nothing. So yeah, so I, I think Joe Kim Noah night is pretty big. Ooh, how about this one? Does Phil Jackson emerge from seclusion? Ooh, I, wow! How's that? Well, I don't think that, I don't think this is a Phil. Jackson all of a sudden, he's yelling "Hey!" and whistling no. really loud and scaring the <laughs> hell out of people in the front row. He's back! He's yeah. back! It's kind of like Voldemort. No, uh, he's back! <laughs> he's back! From now on, you put your faith in me. And then, no, Phil, get out! Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I think it's too early in the season. If it is does become an Eastern Conference final series, then Phil Jackson comes out. Because then you would hear announcers say, and there's Phil Jackson, whose fingerprints, of course, for years all over both of these teams, leaving out the fact that, boy, the Knicks really got good when they got rid of him. <laughs> and then they brought in a whole bunch of other people, and Leon Rose came in, and the Knicks are in the playoffs, and look how good things are. So I don't think tonight is a Phil Jackson game. Also, the curiosity of why we're having these celebrations. I know he's only coming to town so many times, uh, and you can do this you know, with these teams matching up, but second week of the season yeah. I don't know. Seems, seems a little early for the celebratory victory lap games don't you normally wait and, and try to figure out how the uh the wind's blowing in your season i mean obviously you don't want a washington football team sean taylor thing where it's tuesday and you start calling people to show up on sunday but uh, i don't know week two of the season seems a little 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 early mike don't you know this always could be as good as it gets. So you have to go with it right now. The look, undefeated I, bull. Look, I'm telling you, look, I told you before the season started, I like both of our teams to be able to take big leaps. Or like everybody's making the big leaps in the East. The heat are really good. The bucks are the champs. The nets are still going to win a bunch of games, even without Kyrie, the Knicks improved in a large way. They were great defensively. What did they need scoring? What did they get scoring? They have an underrated second unit. The Knicks are legit. The bulls are legit. Shit. I, this, I mean, Zach Levine's hand injury is a lot to watch. I mean, that's a big thing, but he's going to play through it now. These are two teams that are up and coming that can be at the top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, this is where all the talent is. This is where all the improvement was made this year. In the East, those teams. In the West, everybody else was just kind of hoping their injured players came back and they played well. The Lakers made the bold move for Russell Westbrook, but all that improvement, all the teams that are going to see that big jump this year, they're all in the East, man. I'm telling you, Knicks Bulls. Conference you can watch it on national TV later on tonight. Uh, get your double screen experience between that and obviously Thursday night football, which gives us a dandy. No, TNF on, on uh, NFL Network actually is going to run Knicks Bulls too. 
It's, it's going to be the companion broadcast, and the Mannings are going to do it. They're going to broadcast Nick's Bulls as, as, a, as a special aside broadcast, and that's how it's going to go. Yeah, but it's a Fox event, man. It's, it's bigger than life. Let's go. No, no, when I said Manning, I meant Arch Manning and Archie Manning. So you're going to have the old. Is this a part of his recruiting process? I mean, because people asked that a few weeks ago when Nick Saban showed up on that show. What is this? This is an unfair advantage. I I don't think it's like political season where you've got to give equal time. No, I think I'm sorry. I I don't think the other coaches in the SEC get five (laughs) minutes with the Mannings on principle. (laughs) Who's our guest on the Arch Manning show? Oh, look, Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern is here. Oh, all right. Let's bring them in. Hey, I I get from your lips to God's ears. Let's go. But that would be pretty cool. Hey, we actually have the Manning broadcast. That's great. Yeah, but it's Archie and Arch. Uh, so Wouldn't you want to watch it, though? That's all right. Yeah, uh, I think I would watch it for about five minutes. Because I've really been waiting that. on one of those national platforms for, mm-hmm. for Archie Manning to uh, really just go go to town on, on some of the uh, teams that he played on back in the day. It's like, man, if I had a line like, that, like Peyton had, <laughs> some of I'd those receivers great. or Edgar and James <laughs> – <laughs> now, obviously, tonight, look, we are going to see Packers and the Cardinals. And, and look, this is the matchup of the year so far on national television. The Packers are trying to play this game without any wide receivers. Devontae Adams didn't even make the trip mm-hmm. being on the COVID list. Alan Lazard is out. Uh, it's going to be really difficult for the Packers. Meanwhile, on the Cardinals side of it, we talked about J.J. Watt, who likely now is out for the season uh, after he's going to undergo shoulder surgery. Uh, it's not known when. And he's going to have that. Now, we talked about the J.J. Watt angle of it last hour. But here, looking forward at this, before we get into Deshaun Watson, uh, I'd love to be able to pick the Packers tonight, right? I'd love to be able to say, this is an Aaron Rodgers game. This is where after the game is over, it's Aaron Rodgers, and he's doing his whole – he's going to curse on the post-game presser like he's on Pat McAfee's show. Oh, this is what I think, and ah, oh, blank, blank, blank. And this is going to be Aaron Rodgers saying blank you to everybody around the country. I told you we'd be this good because tomorrow is going to be winning Team X, whether it's Green Bay or Arizona. Hey, these are the uh, front runners to go to the Super Bowl. They're more front runners than Tom Brady and the – Bucks, and we're talking about breaking down a matchup between these two teams. So whoever wins tonight is going to be that midseason front runner. Hey, they're the Super Bowl team, right? They well, if the Packers stand. win, it's it's more of the deification of Aaron Rodgers. Look what he did with these lesser than weapons. Because really, it's him. It's the two Aaron's, and then we try to figure out who's the guy stepping up. Is it Randall Cobb, the guy that he lobbied for? Uh, St. Brown, is it Mercedes Lewis, who's, yes, still in the National Football League, people? Look it up. Uh, ageless, timeless. I think it's more remarkable than Tom Brady still quarterbacking, but that's a whole other thing. Lee DeLapp and I were having that conversation in the hallway uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, Tunyon, who's become a, an afterthought after it being a, a red zone monster a year ago. A.J. Dillon, can they establish a run? So, yeah, if the Packers win, no, you know what the, the next 24 hours are. It's it's all about exaltation of Aaron Rodgers to that that next strata, based on beating an undefeated Cardinals squad. That at this point we're we're right where we were a year ago. We like them. There's a lot of good things going on. Can they finish? Mm. Could be Don Hudson playing wide receiver for Ooh. them tonight. Could be James Jones in a hoodie. 
You know, it could, it could be could be Javon Walker. You never know. You never know who might be able to play oh, wide receiver. Oh, I mean, John Jefferson, right? He was there you ever know? Oh, John while, Jefferson right? back too? in the day. Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I remember because I really want to see James Jones play with a hoodie on again. Because I remember when he did that in the game. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, that was so much fun watching him play with a hoodie. Like you were watching football back in your backyard. I'm going to wear a hoodie and my jersey over it. Well, that guy had a hell of a run. I mean, they could also – it is a Fox game. Maybe they can lend – uh, the services uh, uh, of Greg Jennings, and he can sign a one-day contract. I mean, he's in shape, right? Because yeah. he's all jacked up and yoked for the uh, bodybuilding stuff he does. I don't know how mm-hmm. that's going to help on the football field, but I'd, <laughs> I'd love to find out. Uh, and, and I again, I'd love to pick the Packers. They can't win tonight. They, they're, they're too wounded in a short week. The Cardinals playing at home, they know this is their chance to show everybody this is how good we are. Look, they've had nationally televised game on a Sunday. It's different when you're playing on national TV, especially in a showdown game like this. You're playing at home. The Packers, again, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Rodgers go for 350 and four touchdowns and St. Brown catches two of them and it's like, do I pick him up in fantasy? Uh, I'd love to see it, but I can't. The, the Cardinals are loaded everywhere and they want the last of the non-believers to know that, hey, no, we are this good and we should be the team that people are talking about for the Super Bowl. I think that they win tonight. I think there's a lot of offense on the field. The Packers will try to run the football early because they won't be able to throw it with uh, Arizona, but quickly that game plan will go out the window Arizona wins this a big night from Kyler Murray Uh, I'm saying like 35 17 uh the Cardinals win look at you you're taking the over then it's at 50 and a half line started as Cardinals minus three and a half up three points given the losses and and Joe Barry not going to be able there to be there to call the defense either Jerry Gray will step in uh in his stead I, I think the Packers keep it close I think we get a thriller here I don't think we get the blowout that you're anticipating. Why uh, guts, guile, and, and just the the opportunity, the odd play that shows up here. We look at the the Packers, you know, survive in advance mentality, right? Because remember that win, that really crazy win against the Bengals. How much better does that look on a weekly basis now? Yeah, it was ugly when we watched it and all the missed field goals, but now it, it's kind of a big deal for for the Packers. The the curiosity becomes can can you get and surmount any kind of sustained pass rush on Kyler Murray because we know all the weapons are there add the two headed monster out of the backfield when you look at Edmonds uh, and you look at James Conner and Ed, Edmonds is going to be really active here you have the Packers that give up an awful lot of yardage and, and receptions to running backs so I think that's going to be one of the keys earlier to keep guys on their heels. Uh, so again, we'll have more on this game coming up. We got Jake Laser uh, yeah, next we do. hour on the show with us, which is going to be awesome. But uh, another NFL story that is gaining a lot of traction is what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson in advance of next Tuesday's NFL trade deadline. It was middle of the day yesterday that we found out that the Panthers are pulling out of the Deshaun yeah. Watson sweepstakes. They were Just told to ago, beat it. Yeah, just a day ago, it was, hey, we got to get in because Sam Darnold stinks. Psst. I told you Sam Darnold was just a guy. Even when they were 3-0, and I told you he was just a guy. His footwork is bad. He misses open receivers. I've watched every Jets game with Sam Darnold and broken it down. He's just a guy. <laughs> so now the Panthers realize that Darnold is not their guy, right? They realize this. They want to go in. They wanted to go in on Deshaun Watson before, but now they're out. Why? It's pretty simple. Watson wants to go to Miami. Right, that's it. He wants to go. He doesn't want to go to Carolina. Doesn't want to go anyplace else. Miami is his preferred destination, and this is why suddenly the Panthers have been 
a little bit more backing off of him when they were all in on him for the past few months. Now, this is where things get sticky because according to some sources, look, they have the deal in place, but Miami wants to know what Deshaun Watson's legal situation is going to be before they make the trade. Well, we're not going to get that by November 2nd, right? That's not happening. We're not going to get that until some point in the offseason. I can't suddenly see, hey, everything is settled and, and, and there's going to be uh, payments and there's going to be – no, this is going to take a long time. So – if you're the Texans now, you got to play a little bit of poker. And where are you going to go? Are you going to tell the Dolphins, hey, we'll take a little bit less. We want to really get him off the team because they want to, right? They, they want to move on from him, and they, they want to get him out of Houston. Uh, we'll take less. And, and the Dolphins say, okay, and the Texans maybe give up their biggest asset knowing that if he's not cleared, they lose him for good. Or do they wait and say – if this goes to the offseason and his legal situation does get taken care of with these with these 22 uh, civil suits that are hanging over him, if this does get taken care of, then, hey, the bidding war is back on and we're going to get three first-round picks in a couple of seconds and, and, and players if we want. We'll get everything we want to. I have to think when the rubber hits the road on this, Mike, they wind up keeping him. They kept him this long. They've kept him uh, away from the field as they try to navigate the season. At this point, if you trade him for a little bit, you're, it's, it's too much of a risk. Because if you've waited this long, wait a little bit longer. If you think his legal situation is going to be resolved, wait and get those picks and get what you need to jumpstart your team in the offseason. Because if, if you do it now not knowing and things actually work out in his direction, you're saying, well, we got a first-round pick and a second and something else because, look, the Dolphins aren't going to bid against themselves. Uh, I would I would have to wait because you need a bidding war for Deshaun Watson when there's only one team, and right now it's really just the one team only if they get assurances. I can't see this happening. When the trade deadline comes next week and, and we're waiting to see what happens, I think Deshaun Watson is still going to end up being a member of the Texans. Yeah, I mean, if they're waiting on notifications of settlements, uh, if the T's weren't already crossed, I's dotted, uh, more difficult here, right? Because they know there's a, a finite um, amount of time to get that done, which means what? Leverage goes the other way. Right. In terms of settlements, you know, trying to to make sure if you are willing to go down that route on both sides. Right. From those that made the allegations to Watson and his team, because early on they said, well, we're not doing settling. But if that's one of the demands from Stephen Ross to try to get this uh, push through that, at least that part of things, the 10 criminal complaints are still there, not charges at this point. And remember, you know, at the base of it. He decided he didn't want to play for the Texans anymore for any number of reasons. And I, I think they would still love for him to play, but they've taken the the tact here knowing, I mean, he's not reporting. So it's kept the commissioner off to the side and he's just shrugging his shoulders, not making a decision. Why? Because he hasn't been forced to uh, at this point. So there, there's so much swirling with this. I tend to agree with you that he's not going to be dealt and part of it is Ross wanted the guarantees either from the commissioner. Well, he didn't get anything, at least publicly, in Goodell's press conference the other day that would have given you any indication, one, that there's a suspension, but two, that there's not. Right? It's just, well, we, we need more info. We're, we're not taking any action at this point. And again, because nobody's forced the hand. The, the other is that Watson has a no trade clause. That's what he negotiated in the deal that he brokered 
less than a year before he decided he didn't want to play there anymore, which means no matter how many teams want to come to the table, they've got to do the sell job on Watson and his team to decide, you know, to get him to acquiesce to there being another suitor beyond Miami. And I think that's the most curious part of it all is what other teams could potentially get into the mix that don't have a quarterback that he would be amenable to a deal because he holds all the cards in that regard. Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike gets swollen dome. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today. So let's watch that trade deadline could come and go. And Watson's still going to be on the Texans. Well, coming up next, Bob Nightingale stops by USA Today Baseball Insider. The World Series tied at one game apiece. Does either team have the big advantage going forward? How do the Braves navigate without pitchers? Are the Astros still stealing signs? I'm sorry, that's left over from 2018. Hang on, let me cross that off right there. Uh, All that and more coming up next right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, it is the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith and my best friend Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today. As we break down the World Series through two games, pretty much each game looked like the one before it. Well, we had the Braves getting out big on the Astros and taking game one. And then we had the Astros getting out on the Braves and taking game two. So now we are heading back to Atlanta for game three. And joining us now on the hotline, a man who has just landed in Atlanta, uh, Bob Nightingale, USA Today, MLB columnist and insider. You can follow him on Twitter at B Nightingale. That is at B Nightingale. Uh, Bob, with the Braves pitching issues now, will it be Smoltz or Glavin or maybe Steve Avery in game three for them? Yeah, they sure will do that. They'll take Charlie Lambrandt. Uh, <laughs> Nicely yeah, done. It's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a mess. I mean, they, uh, so, you know, Tomorrow for game three, you know, you're going to have uh, Ian Anderson. And then after that, you know, it's a, uh, you know, you're going to have straight bullpen games. So you're talking about 18 innings of bullpen games plus whatever Anderson doesn't go. So, you know, it could be a, uh, a real mess. Yeah, because yeah, that's the thing, Bob, is, is that coming off of, of game two, it's it's like, okay, Atlanta wins the first two games. Atlanta does what they want to do. They split going home. But – no Charlie Morton. Obviously, he's out for the rest of the series and won't come back until the spring. And Max Fried, the last two games, he's been awful. So you don't, you can't think you're going to throw him out there in game six and think you're going to get a great game from him. I don't know how the Braves navigate these next few games. You're right. Freed's been uh, disappointing. Uh, you know, did not pitch well uh, against the Dodgers in the uh, NLCS and, you know, didn't pitch good last night until the, uh, the game is out of control. So they need him badly. They need him to step up, or it's a nightmare. Uh, you know, he got, you know, he's got too good of a, too good of stuff to be pitching like that. Yeah, Bob. To extend on Jason's point, normally you get a split, you're all happy, and, and as national media go, oh, they got what they want. Like, well, should they have uh, pulled Freed in the second, or would that have just compounded the issues? Yeah, I mean, they uh, probably just what compounded it. Uh, and they need they need that bullpen to step up. And you know, the trouble is now for uh, Atlanta is you got three straight days on an off day. You know, a lot easier to navigate the first two days, but now you got a little bit of a problem because uh, by game uh, by game five, that bullpen could be worn out. 
All right, now you wrote a column on USA Today uh, this morning after the Astros win game two, and you say, hey, the Astros got their swagger back, but the only thing that can stop it now is Atlanta's home field advantage. Just how big a deal is it for Atlanta? Yeah, they really built that into a nice home field advantage. I mean, they won, uh, you know, five all, five straight postseason games, 5-0 and all this year. Uh, I think they won 10-11, 11-12 at home. But, they, uh, you know, they get sellout crowds. That crowd gets into it. Uh, that battery, the surrounding area by the ballpark, is as lively as anything uh, I've seen. Uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, it makes Wrigleyville look like church, a church or so. It is, it is wild out there. Changed out all of Wrigleyville, and now, now you've got little shops and uh, bougie coffee places uh, that have come in, as opposed to the uh, rabid fans uh, attending that that McDonald's that got run down. Bob, uh, one of the other columns you, you wrote, uh, and we'll retweet it out as well, talking about the naming convention of of Atlanta and the chop and uh, there's just been a, a, a lot of discussion over the last couple of days and in your column you won't use the the nickname of Braves uh, can you expound on that a little bit and give it give folks a little little bit of color on that yeah well just like in, in Cleveland you know I mean God, for decades never used the word Indians I just thought it was uh, uh, so racist and uh, so offensive and the same thing with, uh, you know, Atlanta with the Braves. I mean, so many people are offended by this. And, uh, you know, I know Atlanta says, well, we got some people here in a local tribe. They're not offended. Uh, hey, a lot of people say, you know, don't do this. You're denigrating us. It's, it's wrong. And uh, I don't know why they can't change it to uh, say just the, the bravest or the brave. You're talking about one letter different. You know, you can honor the firefighters. You can honor you know, whoever you want, but you're saying brave. So, but they're stuck in their ways about this, and they told the uh, season ticket holders we're not changing. Uh, you know, they weren't supposed to do the tomahawk chop anymore. They weren't supposed to encourage it. They say, well, we can't stop the fans, but you know, now the the scoreboard actually encourages it. You know, and that's you know, you know, very offensive. You know, it's a uh, you know, you'll hear it loud and clear on uh, on game three. Bob, do you see this changing? I mean, look, we, we always see, look, when there's controversy in sports, when the spotlight is on the sport, that's when you see the most movement. Do you see any movement in, in, in Braves and the Tomahawk Chop going forward? I think that one's going to take a while. I mean, look how long it it took in uh, Washington with the, with the Redskin nickname. I mean, that, you know, how blatant was that? That took forever to get changed. It wasn't the corporate sponsors decided to pull out. You know, they said, okay, you know, we'll do it now, too. Uh, Cleveland took forever. Uh, this is going to take. This is going to take a while. You know, a lot of times it takes. You know, another another team, another sport. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, why like when Stanford changed their nickname back in the day, and St. John's. You know, colleges do it all the time, change their nickname, and nobody has a problem with it. But I think the uh, older fans get stuck in their ways and don't want to see it changed. I mean, people are still crying in Cleveland about you know changing to the Guardians. Well, which is still uh, under uh, dispute because you've got a roller derby team that wants to sue them. And they grossly <laughs> over-exaggerated uh, the amount of income because that's the most successful roller derby team nobody's ever heard of uh, if they're making money at the rate they were claiming uh, based on that $10,000 offer uh, from the the Cleveland Brass to, to have that nickname. But uh, they pay out and, and just get this settled, or is this going to drag on too? But I think they get settled. I mean, I think they'll lay, uh, I mean, certainly some money from the uh, uh, baseball franchise had to know about that. Like, okay, especially in town, you know, this, this, oh, you know, 
this team's already called the Guardians, so they must not have thought it was a big deal. I would think they'll do some kind of, uh, you know, small type of settlement, say, okay, you know, here's, here's your money. We know it's infringement rights. But certainly it, it can't have caught them by surprise. I mean, they did it a little homework. Hey, Bob, lastly, uh, uh, going forward here, obviously you've been around the – look, I think – are you in baggage claim right now? Like, where are you? Did you just, you just landed in Atlanta? You still in the airport? Baggage claim number three. Here I am. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get Bob's bags to him. He's got a game to do. Uh, how much talk has there been, uh, whether it's, you know, you guys talking about it around the team, about the Astros sign-stealing scandal? You know, it was, uh, you know, we'll hear a lot more talk uh, game three because then you're going to see Atlanta fans, you know, going crazy and booing. But not so much. You know, I, I think it helps when they, uh, when Chris Bassett of the Oakland A's just came out recently and said, you know what, this, you know, everybody, you know, most teams are cheating. Uh, they used to have to get caught. They had a whistleblower. And uh, it's too bad. Everybody knew what was going on. Nobody wanted to do anything about it, but it stopped. And, and I agree with that. I just think, you know, uh, if if uh, they didn't have Mike Fires in it talk, they would have got away with it. You know, it's a little bit like uh, you know the guys with the biogenesis scandal and the steroid use. It's like everybody's trying, you know, doing stuff, and until someone gets caught, you know, then uh, no one does anything about it. So uh, I think it's a, a, you know, people are still mad and everything else, but you know, there's only four players left on the Astros team, you know, you know that that were a part of it. So, you know, at some point, you've got to let it go. From baggage claim number three, USA Today baseball insider Bob Nightingale. He's on Twitter, at B Nightingale. Bob, appreciate the time. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Safe travels, Bob. All right, there goes Bob Nightingale. Bob and all today's interviews brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Driving performance. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. Now, the thing is, you know, talk about the the Tomahawk Chop and Braves. I I agree it's going to be a process because it was one for the Washington football team. But this is where now that they're playing at home, you're going to see the Tomahawk Chop. It's going to become a story. Right, the first two games of the series in Houston, obviously. Oh, here are the Braves. Yeah, I, I get it. But now that they're at home, and as Bob said, it's going to be encouraged. Now is when you're going to see the spotlight come on this. It's going to be on the Braves and their nickname, the Cleveland Indians changing the name to the Guardians. This is where it becomes a hot button topic. Now, does this mean we're going to get something in the off season? Probably not. But we'll look back at this moment and say this is when the boulder started rolling downhill for the Braves for a nickname change or to to eliminate the tomahawk chop. This is that moment because this is when it's gotten the national attention, right? You're talking about the World Series. You have teams where, look, quite frankly, unless you're a big baseball fan, you don't know a lot of the names, right? You're in it because you're rooting for the Braves because they're America's team, right? Because for the first time since the mid-'90s, hey, we really want the Braves to win, right? In the mid-'90s, it was, oh, we hate the Pirates and Barry Bonds. Let's, I hope this team wins. Terry Pendleton is great. Ron Gant, Dave Justice. Look at the Braves. They're so much fun. They've stunk for so long since they had Murphy and Horner. Oh, look how great they are. Now they're America's team again because everybody wants to see the Astros lose. So when you're looking for storylines, because, you know, as much as you can talk about Charlie Morton pitching on a broken 
broken leg. It's Charlie Morton, and he pitched a couple of innings. It's hard. This is something that people can sink their teeth into and go, yeah, oh, wow, this is a big controversy now, and it plays into what we saw with the Washington football team and Cleveland now being the Guardians. Well, and it adds yeah, the layer of Manfred in his address to everybody, right? The commissioner's address said end of story and kind of said uh, this is what it is. So the backlash on him and with a pending work stoppage and, and as we talk to Bob and, and John Morosi and our other baseball insiders getting into this offseason, I got to imagine that's a lot of the talk around the, the water cooler as well, uh, that this, this also becomes one of the, the big fighting points against Rob Manford, not necessarily in the players you know, and the players association, right? That, that's all about dollar cents, treatment of players, minor league uh, testing policy, all of those things that swirl in uh, games and expansion of the, the seasons. But behind it, you start getting that public thrust. The morning shows start jumping on this and, and it becomes a much bigger issue. You know, and, and going forward with this, as I mentioned with Bob, look, as far as the games itself, it's hard for me to see the Braves as as a team that can use this this home field advantage and close the series out because of the pitching issues they're going to have. But neither team is a great team, right? Th- these are good teams that got hot at the right time. Look, because that's how it works in baseball, right? The best teams make it and the hottest teams win it, right? More so than any other sport because it's a couple of series. It's long, but it's not NBA playoffs long. If you get hot for a couple of weeks, you can win the World Series. And the Braves are flawed. Their lineup isn't that great. Their pitching is good, but now it's really struggling when you don't know what you're going to get out of your race and your other race is now out for the postseason. The Astros also aren't a great team. Like We, we still have this image of the Astros as, boy, look at all these guys that can rake coming off the sign-stealing scandal. But by, as Bob said, look, there's only four guys left. Everybody else is gone. But because it's Altuve and Correa, two of the biggest, most popular faces of it, this is how we think of the Astros. But this is not the Astros that's rolling out. Cole and Verlander and, and hey, mm-hmm. good luck, guys, because we we got a dynasty building here. This is a flawed team, but both of them were good enough to get in and they got hot at the right time. So I don't see either team being able to pull away from the other. I don't see the Braves winning three games in Atlanta. If, if I had my money, I would say this series is going seven and it's going to be a tight series all the way through because neither team is that good to say, all right, now it's time for us to exert our will on this series. Yeah, I think that's the the hope is that we get seven. Clearly, you want to see it drag out. Uh, I, I would like it to not come down to just bullpen guys that have nothing left. So it's, you know, on fumes because uh, as of right now, I think that's what we're going to get as oh, this yeah. drags out, right? The Astros hitters, they're just going to be too dialed in. We talk about the historic stuff Altuve is doing. He's tied for second all time in postseason home runs. I mean, Bernie Williams is 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 there and then your leader is Manny Ramirez with 29 uh, Altuve already with 22 you wouldn't have been thinking about him as Mr. October but there he is well when for most of the part you know you have that buzzer right oh, as I'm well, sorry is that too soon look that, I I, soon? I just lobbed that up too for you for to that? uh to dunk it or I you stole the inbound pass you know like a Carmelo <laughs> Anthony just don't airball it and you actually hit the spot with your joke so it worked I still like Darius Baisley went in for the dunk and got yelled at by Russell Westbrook get That's up my lawn <laughs> 
Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon is our show. Heard nights here on Fox Sports Radio. We're in for Dan and the Danettes today. We'll have more baseball coming up in a little bit. But uh, just because, you know, we talked about this a few minutes ago in the Deshaun Watson situation where the Panthers have dropped out of the bidding for Watson. Uh, Matt Rule said today, hey, we feel confident with Sam Darnold as our quarterback. I mean, I don't know if what the hell else is he going to say? I don't know if he did it with a straight face, but, you know, quote, we feel really good about Sam Darnold as our quarterback. Okay, let's just stop for one second. Let's just stop. You benched the guy last week, right? I told you, he's just a guy. You you got him thinking, magically we'll get him away from the Jets and he's going to be good because, you know, Jets. Everything, it's just about being in New York and being a Jet, which is why he was bad. I can't so say that I would have categorically dismissed that, though, Jason. No, well, that is true. I mean, given it? your, or, there's a yeah. reason. Oh, There's yeah, a yeah, reason no. people had that suspicion oh, and wanted to believe it because he can't possibly be this bad. It's got to be an organizational thing. Yeah, no, no. I'm not saying this was some Reddit thread that got out of hand. No, I mean, really, you you get away from the Jets. I mean, there's history there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, look, Robbie Anderson got away. And look, oh, he was great. But but it was it was this belief that, oh, Adam Gase has screwed up Sam Darnold. And Darnold's great. And once you get away from Adam Gase, look how great things are going to be. Uh, recently, the only guy that's gotten away from the Jets that they've traded or gotten rid of that's been good has been Leonard Williams. And, and the Jets actually got a decent trade back for him. Well, I'm sure they'd allowed to have his production. They still got a decent move back for him. Everybody else they've gotten rid of, they've all stunk. They've proven that once they're a Jet, they can't get it out. You can't get it out of your system. Still, the Jets are in me. And, and that's what's going on with Darnold. Even when Darnold was playing well, I told you, he's just a guy. All right, even that first game against the Jets, first game of the season, he missed many open wide receivers. His footwork is not good. And he's someone that wants to throw the football early now. Uh, whatever it is, whatever he's hearing, if he's seeing ghosts, he is just a guy. This is his fourth year in the league now. This is not he had one year with the Jets, and maybe he got screwed up and he goes someplace else, and suddenly he's really, really good. Darnold is just a guy. I knew going to Carolina, this is what's going to happen. Look, they had three easy games to start the season, and he had some weapons, so he played passably. Now he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And without Christian McCaffrey, clearly this offense can't go anywhere. And the Panthers have given away their 3-0 and start. They made trades for big cornerbacks thinking, this is our year because Sam Darnold's our guy. And now he's benched. And I guarantee you this, he'll be benched again and he'll lose his job for the end of the season, right? He's in his last year as a starting quarterback in the NFL. We talked about Baker Mayfield having a couple of weeks left to prove that he's the Browns guy before the Browns say, you know what, Case Keenum's going to be our guy for the rest of 2021. Sam Darnold's only going to start a handful more games in the NFL because already the Panthers know we have to move on. Their interest in Deshaun Watson was renewed. Likely he was told, I don't want to go there, so they had to back off. Now they got to remake things with Sam Darnold. They went all in on him and thought he was going to be the guy. He's not. If they benched him once, they'll bench him again. He's not going to suddenly turn around and start seeing receivers. right? He's not going to suddenly turn. His footwork isn't going to get great overnight. He's not going to throw the football on timing routes when he should because it's his fourth year in the league. This is just who he is. So what's going to happen is he's going to play poorly. They'll go to P.J. Walker to try to save the season, and they're going to be in the market for a quarterback the beginning of next year, and Darnold's going to go somewhere as a backup and hope to get Tannehill, meaning that, hey, if I go somewhere for a couple of years and back up and stay in the same system, if I get a chance, maybe I can mature enough and I can get another chance to start, I can play well and get a big Ryan Tannehill contract. 
that's the present and the future for Sam Darnold. Certainly seen a lot of supercuts of uh, Sam Darnold over the course of the the week. And no, I'm not making reference to you know him having nice hair. Uh, the the fact that his drops aren't deep enough. He's not letting guys get into routes. Some of them are, are just incredible. Uh, just three four steps. Uh, you know the the five step quick quick back and he's rocking into his throw and guys aren't finishing the routes. Orlovsky had one. I know at Fox we've had a number of those cuts and it's just the question of all right, can can you teach at this point or is that just the way you you have to work? Right? And and let's be fair about it. You've got DJ Moore and a lot of nothing. Robbie Anderson, yeah, just cuz they played with the Jets and they had that one big play back in week 1. <laughs> it's a long time ago. New day uh, yesterday, but it's an old day now, as they say. And that offensive line was terrible, but we knew that coming into the season. But here's the thing. Nobody's trading you offensive linemen in season. Why? Because nobody's got enough of them. Right? You can go find the the odd defensive back that's not able to uh, to crack, you know, a, a bigger snap count. But, yeah, this is... This is a, a tough run for Sam Darnold, and look, you can only beat who's on the schedule. So I'll defend that early start because you can only do the show that day based on the information that you have. And at okay. that point, they were winning, and okay. Matt Rule looked like he built a dynasty, unless he didn't. <laughs> As Berman would say, TJ, Matt definitely not ruling the last month with the Packers, the TJ, with the Panthers, TJ. Uh, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today. They come to the Breeders' Cup from every corner of the globe. The best thoroughbreds from around the world with one goal in mind, the title of world champion. Visit breederscup.com slash 2021 for more information and catch all the action live on November 5th and 6th. Well, coming up next, another quarterback who may or may not be wanted by his current team said, I don't not feel not wanted by them. Yeah, why he needs to be traded by the deadline coming up next right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today. Well, we talked about Sam Darnold a few minutes ago and how the Panthers really want to move on no matter what they're saying about how great he is. And I told you Darnold was just a guy. Uh, but speaking of moving on, the latest involving Tua Tungavailoa, who now that we get more stories about the Deshaun Watson situation, how the Panthers have dropped out, the Dolphins are his personal destination, potentially there's a trade already worked out, the Dolphins just want clarity on Watson's legal situation going forward. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa was asked about his status with the Dolphins and how much they like him, and he said, quote, I don't not feel wanted. Which kind of sounds that's like pretty a good. Music I like song. that. It's like a country music song, right? Like that's a, that's something you would hear coming up. Hey, I might Alan write Jackson, the lyrics to that. Alan Jackson's got "I Don't Not Feel Wanted" here on coming up. Darius Rucker and "I Don't Not Feel Wanted" coming up. So here's Tua saying, "I don't not feel wanted by the Dolphins," which is not saying 
I feel wanted. It's I don't feel not wanted, which is as lukewarm a way as you could say, I think they like me. Because you sure, I'm sure what's going on behind closed doors is Brian Flores is telling him, hey, block everything out. You're my guy. Go out. Do your thing. We need you. But clearly he knows that they don't want him as their quarterback, right? The guy just had two 300-yard games back-to-back with the pressure on him, and all anybody can talk about is, well, he threw those two picks. Well, he also threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns against the Falcons, but no, let's talk about the picks. And the picks aren't great, and the Falcons scored touchdowns off of both of them, but this is about finding out if Tua Tungavailoa can be your franchise quarterback. And the guy's played well in spurts. It's not like he hasn't shown you that he's got something. No, he's shown you, hey, I can do it. You had to let him get healthy from last year. Give him the keys to run the offense. But the Dolphins don't want to do it. They want Deshaun Watson. It's clear. You know what I do if I'm Tua? I say, okay, you know what? I can only hear this so much. You're going to sit me and you're going to trade me at the deadline because clearly you don't want me to be your quarterback and I don't want to play and get hurt and then next year have to worry about finding a gig. I want you to trade me to a new team because you want to get rid of me so I can get there and I can jump in and I can play. Because if I play the rest of this season and something happens to me, then my potential earning goes out the window and my odds of getting a starting quarterback job go away. So you find a team that wants me, whether it's Washington or somebody else, and you trade me. Because for this point, for Tua... I feel bad for the guy. I mean, all he's had to hear is that, hey, you're not our guy, you're not our guy, and you know the organization doesn't want you. So you know what? Stand up and say, you're not going to ruin me, and I'm not going to sit here and get hurt and then have to worry about the rest of my career. So I'm going to sit out, you're going to trade me by the deadline, and we can all move forward. That's what I do if I'm too. I I pull that power play on the Dolphins because it's clear he's got no future there. Where you're in the uh, seat, but you know they they covet something else. Well, you you can do that in your in your life, right? Better deal people in your life. Yeah, I'll go with you to the concert. Hey, wait, no, I got a, I got a better concert down the road, so I, I'm out with you. Because I, I think they like Tua, right? I think anybody that's watched him play, there's there's stuff to like. Remember coming off the hip injury last year, no off season, all of those things. A lot of questions. Still completed 64 percent of his passes, 11 touchdowns, five picks in the 10 games that he played, six and three record. And then you come in this year, injuries at wide receiver, some other issues. Still completing 69 percent of his passes, seven touchdowns. Four picks, yeah, the one in three record. But I think maybe we were all uh, buffaloed into how good a roster this truly was, right? This is, and their defense hasn't been what was advertised. Like you add them to the short list of Washington and maybe one or two other teams to say, all right, their defenses are are far worse than what were anticipated, and it's taken everything else with them. So, yeah, for two, I, I think it's they like him, but it's still the, if I can get Deshaun Watson, legal problems aside, I get Deshaun Watson, the full invested football player. He was a top five quarterback. Yeah, you're making that move. So, I, you know, as much as, you know, to your point of, hey, I don't want to get hurt, I'm going to sit down. Like, I, I think he also sees the writing on the wall, right? Is that I, I could be the guy here, but if they, they do get to go in and grab a top five quarterback, then I, I've just got to tip my hat and go prove myself to be that guy somewhere else. That's where he's got to be at this point. I mean, so much time has so many things have gone by. How are you going to repair this and say, okay, now Tua, we love you. We, we just love you because we couldn't get to Sean Watson. Well, but that's, that, but that's the way life it. goes. Sometimes you have to take what's there, buddy. Uh, look, he's saying all the right things, which is great for him, but he, need, he needs a new start. 
right? It's, it's only so many times you can come into work every day and go, you really don't care if I'm here. You're just thinking about some other shiny new toy someplace else. It's really, really difficult. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike gets swollen dome. The Dan Patrick Show. Jason and Mike in for Dan and the Danettes. Coming up next, a big story out of the NFL that plays into Thursday Night Football in a big way. Fox.